We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. of no other pod mm. we're recording from all over the country today uh all over i'm jimmy and he's dan i'm in salt lake city and he's in topeka because of course that's what makes sense so uh what's going on dan bro it's so weird right now and and i i'm i'm damn proud of us for even making this work because we could have easily been like no no, no, no pod this week. It's crazy. I got, I got a work thing. Uh, uh, I'm, you know, I'm moving back and, and we made it work, dude. Cause I don't have internet at my place yet. And you kind of need internet to do what we do. So I'm in Topeka and you're using a little hotel Wi-Fi, huh? I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm out in, in Salt Lake city for, for a week for work and I'm in hotel, uh, in a hotel on hotel Wi-Fi. So hopefully it holds up strong. Hotel Wi-Fi not known for being the best, but hey, so far, so good. One minute in. Um, <laughs> did you end up going to that basketball game you were, you were talking about? I did, yes, because turns out in Salt Lake City, there's nothing to do on a weeknight. Um, and so I was like, well, is there a jazz game going on? So I went to watch the jazz play the Pelicans. Uh, got a ticket for like 18 nice. bucks. So How fun? Um, Was that fun? It was fun. Yeah, the Pelicans won. Um, had a little comeback. I was in the, literally the very last row of the stadium on the upper deck. But hey, you know, Probably. cheap seats. So. Cheap seats. <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. Um, had to figure out something to do because, yeah, there's like nothing going on during the week in Salt Lake City. All the beer they sell here is only 3.2% because of all the restrictions what? they got here. Yeah, so. None of them it goes up to 5 you have to find like bottle or canned beer to get like normal beer. The rest of it, if it's draft, it's all 3.2. Oh, so. cause you know, in can in Kansas, you know, it, it's three, two, like at the grocery stores and stuff, but it's five at the yeah. liquor store. Yeah. No, you That's go to crazy. a bar, you get draft beer and it's all three, two. So. Wow. They're lame yeah. up there. Yeah. 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 I don't know if it's, if it's those Mormons or what, but yeah, we, uh, can't drink normal beer here so mormons <laughs> or what sorry sorry Dude. if you're mormon <laughs> well kansas city is about to get amped because we got a home opener coming up my friend oh my god yeah and uh, hopefully it goes better than uh, the mls opener did this week and we will uh we'll get into all of that 
uh, coming up here. True, uh, true. But we got a couple games to talk about this week. So this is like a half yeah. victory pod, I guess. Kind of weird. Um, it is yeah, kind of different. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. Um, we're going to jump all into uh, to both games. Um, I didn't check. Did we get any new ratings or reviews this week? Normally we check ahead of time. I forgot to check. Nah, no reviews, man. We're sitting at 102. And, uh, you okay. know, I'm good with that. I'm a guy who always wants more, but uh, seeing it over 100 is uh, very satisfying. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> thank you all uh, to everyone who's given us a rating or review. Uh, check out Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and a review if you can. Um, but thank you to everyone yeah, who's yeah, tell done us. that. Already. Leave a good comment or something. Tell us, uh, you know, what you're excited about for the season. Maybe you're a new listener. Maybe you're a long-time listener. You know, maybe you're that OG that have uh, been with us from the beginning. Cause this is this is our second full season together, right? Um, I, yeah, I think we're. This is the second full season. I was trying to figure out when the heck did we start this thing. Second full season. We, we started, started yeah. in September 2017. I think right after the fall U.S. Open of- Cup. That's right. So, so this is our second full season we're on. We're basically professionals at this. We we know everything already. So that's great. <laughs> basically professionals. Um yeah, I you know, close-ish. Uh, <laughs> but um yeah, if so if we were professionals, Jimmy, we would know how to record in person without having our voices be picked up by each other's cheap USB microphones. <laughs> See, yeah, I think that's the problem is we got to spend some more money that maybe we uh, up until until this point um, have been trying to avoid spending. Um, (laughs) It's not like you just bought a house or something. You know, you got don't have any expenses. Um, I did, man. I'm a homeowner now. It's pretty crazy and scary. It is. I feel your pain. I was there last year. So but welcome to the club. I'm not a handy guy. Let let me tell you (laughs) something real quick, Jimmy. My my fridge fits in the space. But guess what? The right fridge door will not open all the way because there's a wall and a vent there. Well, I have oh, no. some space I can shave off of of the, the countertop, okay? So okay. I asked my dad to bring up a skill saw, thinking, hey, Dad, are you any good with a skill saw? Because your son's not. And he leaves me some oil for the blade. Dude, mind you, I have no fucking idea what I'm doing, okay? And my <laughs> wife's like, should you really be doing this? And I'm like, babe. I was in shop class in eighth grade. Calm down. <laughs> and I know what I'm that doing. That was only 20 years ago. And and I go out on the deck and I'm putting oil on this blade and I'm wiping it down. And I, you know, I give it a couple of and it hurts your damn ears like crazy. Really ought to have earplugs. And I go in to the countertop and I text you. I said, Hey, what do you know about skill saw and uh and slicing down a countertop? And you go, I don't even know what a skill saw is. And That's I'm true. like, what the hell good are you, Jimmy? <laughs> And Jimmy, I go in there and I'm like, dude, how hard could this be? I've, I've used a skill saw before. It's like riding a bike, right? No. I don't even think I had the right blade in because I barely touched the countertop and like a piece of the counter goes flying up in the air. Like <laughs> we're, we're talking maybe a half dollar size nick like off the corner and just gone. And I'm oh, like, okay. No. And, Mar- and my stepdad's very handy. But Marissa's like, um... Maybe wait till your stepdad can come back up. And I said, "Yeah, I think that's best. I'm gonna go put this saw in the garage." <laughs> sorry, I, sorry, I thought I knew what I was doing. And my mom's like, "What were you gonna do when you got to the wall?" And I was like, "I don't know. Fi- I'd figure it out. I'm gonna do it live <laughs> with the giant saw in my new house. I haven't had this house. Haven't had this house for more than a week, and I'm just fucking shit up." 
<laughs> Welcome to home ownership. <laughs> uh, very funny. Very funny story. But uh, that has nothing to do with soccer. We get to talk about a Toluca victory and an LAFC loss. Which one are we talking about first? Uh, let's hit the victory because that happened first and that's more fun to talk about. Um, All right. Sporting Casey went down to Toluca with a 3-0 victory uh, heading into it. So they were 3-0 up after the first leg. Obviously, we know it's an aggregate uh, score over two legs. Um, everyone thinking, hey, we get one goal. Because of that away goal rule, it's probably pretty much done. And a lot of people, including myself, were thinking, you know what? Given how Toluca's looked, given how Sporting looked, given that we got a MLS opener on Sunday... Peter Vermees is probably going to rotate the squad. We're probably going to see a different lineup. Sure. And uh, of course, that did not happen. <laughs> I think you might have been I the one who were uh, I told skeptical. You. Yeah, it. Uh, he. I, mean, I was shocked, and I was. Uh, what was I doing? I, I was watching. Oh, we were watching Survivor from last week on my phone because we don't have internet yet. So you know, free data, whatever. And <laughs> so I didn't see the lineup get released, and you text me. I saw it on my watch that unchanged lineup and i was like man i freaking called that shit like i and but then we thought he would change it in la but he he didn't but we'll get we'll get to that but like it was it was crazy i didn't understand uh his method here i guess yeah so i i fully expected you know that we'd either see at least something like wallace at left back and maybe we'd see kellen Rowe in the midfield and we'd see daniel shallowy up top like some changes nope nothing same 11 um and I don't know, maybe it had something to do with, like, Peter had these players changing their sleep patterns. They had been sleeping in, like, high-altitude chambers. They were doing all sorts of crazy stuff to prepare for the near 9,000-foot elevation in Toluca. Um, yeah, they were sleeping in altitude tents. Did we talk about that? That's insane. I don't think we talked about it last time, but that's the crazy stuff that uh, that they do at Sporting Casey. I mean, I don't know if you've had a chance to look. Can you I, imagine? I think you've looked in uh, their Pinnacle Training Center um, before, right? Yeah, because I've not been there yet. I've not been there. You haven't? Okay, well, maybe you call up your season ticket rep. I bet you can get a tour. Um, but I think I'm going to, yeah. I was there right after it opened on like a media tour, and the stuff that they have in there to prepare for are things like this. And I remember, obviously, they didn't know they were going to play in Toluca at the time, but they talked about uh, the altitude in places like Colorado. And they have like a whole aerobics room where they can essentially thin the air so it feels like you're running at altitude. So they have all sorts of crazy stuff they can do to get these players ready to go to play at high altitude. And uh, it looked like whatever they did worked because Sporting KC came out pretty early. And it was, what, seven minutes in, I think, is when uh, Gerso scored the first goal of the second leg. And at that point you're looking at it, you're like, okay, well now we're up four zero. Uh, we have an away goal. That's pretty much it. So how are you feeling after that goal? I think you're feeling damn good. Um, it's real easy to get on the Gerso train right now. Um, you know, seeing him work so hard and get, get behind the line and stuff like that. Toluca's a very good side, but they're, they sure aren't showing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, th I think Gerso, after this first couple of CONCACAF games, I'm thinking, man, do we have do we have a new and improved Gerso? Like, if you look at this goal that he scored, and I think, was it was it Roger who he uh, 
he had the long switch pass, I think it was. The long ball, yeah. Which was just a freaking gorgeous pass. And then Gerso's first touch, he brought it down and then touches it around the Toluca guy, does a little sort of nifty one-two move, and then fires it right into the goal. I'm like, where the heck has this Gerso been? Like, <laughs> that's not... I don't know. It's tough to get so hype on him because he's he's very inconsistent player. But when he does good things, it sure is exciting. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a pretty electric player. Um, sometimes a little too electric. We'll 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 get into that here in a little bit. Um, <laughs> but uh, but there was that, and then um, later in the game, Sporting KC drew a penalty, and man, you wondered who was going to be our penalty taker this year if it was going to be Ilya again or who it was going to be. Let me tell you, after Namath took that penalty kick, give him every single one because that was. An unblockable penalty. Top right corner, absolutely perfect. So Yeah, that was pretty sick. I, I didn't know who was going to be taking it, but uh, I think he's the guy. You know, get the number nine some goals, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, This is the thing. People keep asking, like, hey, is Sporting KC going to be able to score? Can their striker score any goals? Well, we have three games played, and Christian Namath has scored three goals now. So... Maybe we can move past the, uh, does Sporting KC have a striker narrative? I don't know. I know it's early. Probably not because everyone likes hating on us. It is early. It's tough. It is. It's easy to hate on us. I I don't want to get too excited either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm trying not to get ahead of myself, um, which is tough because I literally did write an article about how Namath will be fine after one game, but, uh, I don't know. All signs uh, so far point to that uh, Sporting KC does not really have to worry about the striker position right now. Um, so my favorite. It, it was nice to it was nice to get out of Toluca's little fixture with uh, no goals conceded. That was really nice. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Tol- Toluca has been very bad. They actually did break their losing streak uh, after we knocked them out of CCL. So. Um, they are back nice. on track a, for a little bit, I guess. Um, but <laughs> my favorite part of this Toluca game was how the crowd turned on Toluca. Their own crowd was cheering basically for Sporting KC at the end of the game because they were basically yeah. like, what else are we going to do now? If we're going to enjoy ourselves, we might as well make fun of ourselves. Um they kind I I know that's what they were doing like eh, we're just going to cheer for the other team cuz they're way better than us and they're playing exciting soccer. That's kind of neat, man. How many people get to experience that? Yeah, I can't think of a time I've ever heard of a Mexican fan base in Mexico making fun of their own team and cheering an American club. Like that just does not happen. Right. Um I also can't imagine that sporting would ever do anything like that that any of us fans would ever be in the stands you know cheering for portland because we're just awful no we're just not doing well you know like that's unheard of never i mean it was what two three seasons ago i remember when we lost to san jose at home 5-0 and it was our first home loss of the season it was like what pretty far into the season and no sporting fans were out there you know doing the la chant or cheering on San Jose sarcastically or anything. No, like we were all pissed and we're like, this isn't an acceptable performance. And the players were doing the same. Yeah, so, that was a crazy game. Yeah. So, I mean, and that was an even worse loss than this one in uh, in Toluca. Um, but 
Have you? Did you see this video that the Champions League tweeted out? I mean, you probably saw it on the broadcast, but I've watched it multiple times that they tweeted out of the Toluca fans doing the Olay chant when we were passing the ball back and forth. Do you know what that is? Yeah. I don't know what the Olay chant is, but I could hear things, yeah. So, it like, as far as I know, I've, I've seen it a few times, like when uh, – you know, when a team is, is up and they're just trying to kind of kill time and sometimes they're just like passing the ball back and forth along their back line or to the midfield and back. And like the, the, the team who's on the defensive is kind of like running around trying to get the ball, but they can't because it's kind of like you're playing keep away. Oh, like a bull. Yeah, and then every like time they pass it, they're like, ole, because it's like you're pulling the uh, the little um, cape away. Pulling the cape yeah. back. So they do that because it's like every time you pass the ball and they, ha- they miss it, they have to run the other way. It's like, ole, ole. Toluca fans were literally doing that as Sporting KC was passing the ball around and Toluca players were running around desperately trying to find it. And I was just in disbelief that this was happening. So that's really funny. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty crazy. Um, I mean, I, they even asked Peter Vermees about it and he, and he was like, you know, I think the guys realized that their fans even appreciated our play. Um, we didn't sit back and absorb pressure. We came to play our way and they appreciated it. And I think they appreciated the entertainment aspect of it. So it, it went even noticed by the players and by Peter Vermees. So kind of cool. That's fantastic. Um, and now we go on to play Panamanian side Independiente on Wednesday in Panama, um, which they beat. Should be an easy one, right? Yeah, they beat Toronto uh, FC. Uh, kind of an upset. I don't think anybody really thought they would beat Toronto FC, even though um, Toronto hasn't been very good the last year or so. They won 5-1 over aggregate, uh, in large part because of a 4-0 win in their first leg. So did you get to watch any of the Toronto Everyone's games? saying that shouldn't have happened at all. Well, I did not watch it. Them. It probably shouldn't have because Independiente, they're – they're in a a, a a much lower quality league in, in Panama. It's just a, it doesn't have the size, it doesn't have the resources um, that a, a league like MLS has. Um, the median stadium size I was just reading this morning for for the Panamanian league is just like three thousand three hundred. Um, like the, these these aren't big stadiums. These aren't big clubs. Um, but mm-hmm. Toronto in that first game just looked like they were just totally outmatched. And they lost four zero, and they drew at home one one, and and then that's game over. So, yeah, their stadium doesn't hold nobody, dude. It's like a high school stadium. Yeah, uh, if you're going, let us know. I'm curious to see. I mean, I guess it's the game's tonight on Wednesday, so you're probably already there. But hey, if you're there, tweet us. We'd love to see a picture of you uh, down in Panama. Um, but yeah, that'd be sick. Hey, is that uh, is that what the Van Halen song is is after? <laughs> is that uh could is that van halen i don't remember if it's van halen or not i know exactly what song you're talking about well but... I mean, it is van halen but is is it about panama florida or is it about oh. panama <laughs> you know the country um you're exposing a gap in my music knowledge here uh i don't appreciate it um right. <laughs> i'll just sing it some more no worries well, i mean we do need our weekly coos karaoke segment so um that is yeah, true there you go this segment has been brought to you by van halen um so yeah now we're, we're going down uh people kind of look at this as like well suddenly sporting kc have the easiest path to uh 
to the, the semifinals. Um, I don't know if I want to look at it That's that way or saying. not, but I mean, I don't know. How are you feeling? It's scary. I mean, that's easy to look at, but if you underestimate somebody, then you get beat. I mean, Toronto probably underestimated these guys, and they got beat. So, blame it on Toronto being, you know, out of form or whatever, but they they looked good in their home opener uh, or in their season opener for MLS. So, I don't know, man. Definitely don't want to underestimate these fools. Want to go in, get, get an away goal or two, and bring it back home for next Wednesday. And got to tell you, our weather's not getting any better anytime soon, so... Sounds like we're going to continue to have some parkas on for these next couple home sporting games. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'd really like spring to get here because I don't want to be freezing my butt off at Children's Mercy Park. Um, it's yeah, it's crazy, man. It's like forty-five degrees and rainy here in Salt Lake, and it feels like it's like in the middle of summer compared to Kansas City. So, um, wow, it's like fifteen here. Yeah. So, um, you know, we uh, we got a lot of questions. Um, well, I forgot to tweet out the question tweet until about 10 minutes before we started recording. So apologies for that. But of the questions that we are getting, um, oh, I missed we, it. we have a couple questions that are asking about lineup rotation. And, and we'll talk about the LAFC game here in a little bit. But given that Sporting KC and, and Peter Vermees have played the exact same starting 11 in all of the games so far, are we finally going to see some lineup rotation, do you think, in this game in Panama? Or, I mean, there's no way we can stick with the same 11 again, right? See, that's tough because, I mean, the guys that played on Sunday, and now we're jumping into the LFC, LAFC game, and we'll, we'll get to that here in a minute. But the guys that played on Sunday, is he going to save those guys to play this coming Sunday against uh, uh, Philadelphia? Because then you're going to have a home game like three or four days later, whatever it is. And then what do you do with your lineup there? It's just kind of weird. So does he take, does he take Sunday's lineup and start them all in Independiente and then save those guys for the next Independiente and play a reserved against Philadelphia? I mean, I, that, that's what I would do. I don't think you need to put everything, put everything into this Philadelphia game. It's not a, it's not a Western conference game. Um, I don't know, man. That just sounds that just sounds right to me to really hit this Concacaf game hard. So my question, I guess, is then because you know, like I said, we'll talk about the LAFC game a little bit more here in a minute. But um, those guys looked they had a long fight too, though. Yeah, and and you know, yeah, you had um, a game on Thursday, and then seventy two hours later, a game on Sunday, and then give it another 72 hours and a game on Wednesday and then another game on like that's a lot of flying that's a lot of travel that's a lot of minutes and and not a lot of time three games in less than a week um is quite a bit so I don't know man um true so I mean but you want to go get that away goal I mean maybe maybe who do you rest I mean it's a it's a whole thing yeah I mean so Daniel Shallowy has played very little so far, and he was our golden boot winner last year. So, like, we he, he's got goals in him. Um, Johan, I don't – has Johan even played any minutes so far? Like, he might have checked in barely for a couple minutes in one game, but I don't even um, know if he's done that. I don't think he's checked in yet. So, you got Johan who who can get in there. And, and you know, he's not known for being, like, a super goal-scoring threat, but he's got it in him. Um, and then, I mean, Kellen Rowe, he can play – pretty much any of the attacking positions except striker really. So I, I don't know. I just, this is so, 
I was so convinced that we were going to see some squad rotation on Sunday so you could come back with that 11 on Wednesday in Panama that now Peter Vermees has thrown me for a loop and I don't know what to expect. Um, so, hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's going to be tough. I, I, I mean, we're going to have to see some forced squad rotation against Philly, if nothing else, because Roger got his freaking red card. So that's coming. Which was a long time coming. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll... We're, we'll, we'll uh, We'll talk all about those yellow cards here. Bro. Um, yes, we will. But before we move on uh, to MLS action, um, we did get a question from uh, SKC fan on Twitter. That's just the name that they have. And he, uh, this person wants to know, should fans of MLS teams support other MLS teams in CCL? So what do you think? I think so. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. I, as much as it sucks to, you know, support Atlanta, um I'm kind of in, dude, because, I mean, you kind of got to come together as a country slash continent if if you're including, uh, you know, if you're including, well, not continent because Mexico is included in North America, right? If you're including uh, Canada and stuff. So, yeah, MLS, you got to come together. It's your league. I, I, I think so. And, and Atlanta people, I they have a lot of bad eggs. They have a lot of people that really <laughs> sway my opinion of them. But there are a couple good ones, man, and and you and I were reached out by uh, by one of them about do it, possibly doing like a a league wide roundup um, conversation, and be on the lookout for that, people. Yeah, I just those bad Atlanta fans are really bad, and they come at us sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna lie, I like when Atlanta's losing. I love looking at the hashtag ATLUTD on Twitter and just seeing what's going on. Um, it's pretty funny. It is funny. Sometimes it is funny. Uh, but every team kind of has that too. Atlanta's is just so much easier considering they were the only team that did not score a goal this week. But <laughs> it's, you know, it, hell man, we even get some, we get some sporting people that uh, that have some pretty crazy takes sometimes too. So um, Atlanta's fan base is just insane and they, they make, the, the insane people make it look even more insane. So. Yeah, that's true. But they do have some good ones out there. So, they're, they're, you know, not all Atlanta fans are bad. But um, I agree with you. I mean, I think you got to... Just takes a couple to spoil yeah, it. Yeah. Well, like there was one that just found out that they didn't invent the like... You know that, that chant that the Cauldron does? Like, vamos, vamos sporting esta noche. Tenemos que ganar. Like, it's the... the yeah. Oh, yeah. The one we made up? <laughs> Teams across the, the <laughs> league use that and they just insert team name here i did see a tweet from an atlanta fan where they just discovered this past weekend that other teams do it and they're like oh my god like what are we even doing we don't have our own chance and i was like nobody in mls has their own chance like nobody in soccer no one has their, has own, their chance. own chance everyone just steals everybody's chance Dude, everyone yeah they, they've stolen uh european team's chance and and it's just how it is <laughs> yeah but it's just funny to kind of watch them grow up before our eyes you know they're they're learning. Um, They've come so far. Yeah. So, but I agree with you. I mean, I think for the most part, you got to root for MLS teams, um, and MLS teams did very well outside of Toronto, who technically didn't even qualify via MLS. They qualified for Champions League through the Canadian Championship. Uh, True. Houston beat um, Guastatoya three one. There are four MLS teams left. Yeah. Houston beat Guastatoya three one on aggregate. The Red Bulls beat. Um, Atletico Pantoja 5-0 on aggregate. Atlanta came back and beat uh, Herediano 5-3 on aggregate. And then obviously um, Sporting KC won. So uh, 
we got a couple of uh it's gonna get down to where how cool would it be to have four MLS teams in the semifinals? Oh, my God. Well, that's going to be tough because Tuesday night, um, when you're listening to this, these games will have already happened. But we're recording Tuesday morning, so they haven't happened yet. Uh, New York Red Bulls take on Santos Laguna. Um, and uh, Houston Dynamo take on Tigres. And those both are going to be pretty tough, Dude, particularly Tigres tough. and the Dynamo. I don't know if I can see the Dynamo getting past Tigres. And- Santos too, man. Don't 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 uh don't slack on Santos there. But I tell you what, that's a tough side of the bracket right there. So if those MLS squads get past there, I have no doubt that Sporting and Atlanta will get past their competition. And what does that do? Automatically guarantees an MLS team is going to win Champions League. So you think? It, so I think Sporting has a pretty good chance against Independiente. You think Atlanta is going to beat Monterey over two legs? could be tough but i i think they can make it work i think they can do it but I, you think that's the hardest matchup I, I, well i think t grace is for houston just as far as matchups go that's probably the hardest um because houston's nowhere near yeah. t grace level atlanta is a much better team than houston but monterey i think is so these are th- these are three league mx teams left right yeah yeah so and we're facing the non-Liga MX team. Yeah, so we, we got a little lucky with ours. We already took out our Liga MX team. Um, but yeah, Monterey, I mean, this is the best team Atlanta's ever played in any competition. They're all going to have a challenge now. I mean, they, they finally get to face Liga MX competition, whereas we drew that first round competition, and we were all like, well, that what the hell, man? We just got the shaft. <laughs> yeah, I... I I think Atlanta has a rude awakening coming, at least on this first leg in Monterey, which, by the way, is maybe the most gorgeous stadium in all of soccer. I don't know if you've seen pictures of the stadium in Monterey. I mean, it is like googling now in the middle of the mountains, and it's got an open-air roof, and you just see these gorgeous mountains in the background. Like, it is freaking gorgeous. So if you're an Atlanta fan and you can get there, my goodness, like, I am jealous of you. Whoa. Yeah, you look. That's pretty cool. Big old mountain range right it's there. It's very cool. Um, but that's going to be a tough one. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I did already look up, because that's one of the stadiums in Mexico that I've always wanted to get to. I did already look up flights to Mexico <laughs> if Sporting KC were to play in Monterey, and it's like $900. So, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull that off. Whoa. But uh, Ease up there, money bags. Yeah, can't, can't really do that. So, but. <laughs> That's rough. Anyway, um, well, that'd be cool. I just, man, if all four teams got past their competition, that's fantastic. And I think the league as a whole will be excited because this, this has now become MLS Cup. I mean, it's it's no longer a CONCACAF competition anymore. <laughs> that'd be pretty cool. We'll see. No MLS team has won it in its current format. So I know uh, all the teams who are still in it would love to be the first team to do it. So, um, hell yeah. Let's move on to some MLS action, though, shall we? We got uh, quite a bit to cover there. I guess we shall. Um, so, yeah, as we mentioned, same starting 11 that came out for, for Sporting KC um, against LAFC. Oof. That's where I was even more confused. I was like, okay, I was a little confused when it came out against uh, Toluca. It, it, Peter Vermees put out literally the same 11 against LAFC. I'm even more confused, but I'm like, okay, hey, you know, Peter must know more than we do. They got all these data points on health that we don't have. Um, And to be honest, for the first, you know, I would say, what, 20, 15, 20 minutes, um, 
it looked like it was going to be fine. Uh, you know, we might have needed the help of a referee a little bit to steal the ball from LAFC, but once we got possession deep in their territory, little nice little <laughs> combination play, and Namath fired a ball right into the back of the net, and we're winning 1-0. So, you know, everything's great, right? Bro. <laughs> the pace of this game, the pace of this game reminded me a lot of European games. Now, I know that's 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 a lot to say right there, because have you ever watched European soccer all morning and then you go watch an MLS game and it's like considerably slower and you're like, that kind of sucks. You know, it's kind of deflating. Um, yep. You following yep. what you picking up on exactly down? Okay. And this one, I mean, this felt like boom, primetime ESPN game. Uh, the pace was crazy. They were coming at us. We were getting our interceptions and going on the counter as well. I do worry if we, uh, you know, it kind of, after that goal, the play kind of slowed down, and it's like, did we really take our foot off the gas? Not exactly, because we were fouling the crap out of these fools. Yeah, this was um, <laughs> it, it was a chippy game. It wasn't dirty. Like I, I don't think anyone. I don't even think I've seen LAFC Unless fans. Unless you're Roger. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't think I've even seen many LAFC fans say it was like a dirty game or anything. It just was. There were. I mean, we got seven yellow cards in this game. That's a club record. Um, seven at halftime it was like four or five or something and I, I was like hey babe we have four yellow cards and she goes what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> it was it was crazy she was very shocked but uh dude roger did you see him stick up for his boy fontas oh yeah when when andreu was oh, yeah. was hurt and i think mark anthony k came in and roger grabs him by his jersey like you get your ass out of here yeah yeah i mean that was amazing i loved every bit I mean, of that that lights roger my fire is the enforcer roger is the engine of this team this team would not be the same without oh roger. i love him um you take him out with your boys dude someone tries to get mean with you you know you got roger you're yeah, good yeah no one's no one's crossing roger um i did see supposedly it was a sporting kc fan tweet this i don't think they must watch sporting kc soccer because they said something about how roger's really bad and he's been really bad ever since he's come back from england and i was like have you watched no he's our honduran hitman (laughs) there you go is that a real name for him or did you just come up with that on the spot um i've never heard that but i think i I was thinking of two h words there you go and if you you tell me a better h word than hitman I think he's the hunter and hitman because he, he'll go after you, dude. The way he got his red, he went right through the back of K, right through him. Yeah, that one, he wasn't that... trying to get the ball. He's like, are tired. <laughs> that one was a little rough. Yeah, um, of all of all the challenges, you know, that one I was like, oh, Roger. Yeah, he, didn't he didn't give really a shit have to do that. And the, the announcer no. goes, the announcer goes, he gone. And I'm like, who, who are you? Don't don't talk like that. <laughs> Who who was on the uh, the call? Was it it was uh, oh, Adrian Healy and Alejandro? Adrian right? Healy, yeah, Alejandro. That's right. Um, that's because yeah, Adrian kind of got demoted, if I guess that's the right word, because uh, he used to be partners with Taylor Twellman, and then they hired uh, John Champion to do all the matches with Taylor Twellman, and so now Adrian got relegated to the the second team. So, um, seems like it. But yeah, I, I mean, this that first goal happened, and I'm thinking, okay, Sporting KC up one zero on the road. We're, we're we're this is a fast paced game, like you said. But you know, hey, pro- maybe two of the best teams in the West. But we're sticking in there. It really felt we had some moments, dude. You want to talk about a Gerso moment early in the game? 
Oh yeah, yeah. Let's definitely touch on that because so Gerso, um, he got the ball at what like maybe deep inside Sporting's territory. It felt like I don't have the highlight in front of me because MLSsoccer.com doesn't have the yeah. highlight on their little highlight section for some reason. But and then he just took off. He, I mean, dude, he's fast. But I, I mean, he's another level fast because he was running, and I kept being like, he saw a lane and he went. Yeah, I, I mean, I think was it Felipe who was running maybe down the left side, and I kept waiting for for Gerso to like pass it over to Felipe, and I think the LAFC players were too. And then Gerso just put on the rocket boosters and took it to another level, and he just flew by everybody. Yeah. Um, I've never seen anything like that. And then he got so fast that he tripped himself and fell over and lost the ball in the penalty box. Yeah. <laughs> Typical chili pepper. And, and I feel like that is about the, the, the peak Gerso experience. So that's what he does. Either he was going to sky it over the goal or he's going to fall down. And by the way, Twitter law says you cannot use gifs <laughs> that other people have used. Did you know that? That's like a Twitter law, dude. Yeah. I found, you know, Hey, I mean, look, Turns out we do not have every possible Twitter account open and like checking what everybody's doing. Even on TweetDeck, oh, it goes by really fast. Um, I have TweetDeck open. Oh, but Jimmy, you need to have, you got to have talking touches open at all times to make sure you don't copy their golden gifs. That's so, <laughs> that's so rude of you. Yeah, yeah. We tweeted out the same. Unbelievable. They're very innovative. They're very innovative. <laughs> I, I, it's okay. We'll, we'll get better. Tweeted out the same gif, like, 45 seconds apart um but hey twitter law bro shouldn't have done I've, it I, i've i've served just, time just, in, just apologize and move on jimmy <laughs> apologize and move served on time in twitter jail <laughs> I'm, I'm learning my lesson from nate bucati i'm not gonna dwell on it and i'm moving on so oh, um, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> anyway um yeah after after that goal and especially like after that gerso moment well first off let me just say if aliens came down and they said explain to me what is this Gerso I would just put on that play like on loop and just have them watch it and I'd be like this is Gerso like this is this is the best way to explain what he is he's super fast and then he falls all over himself one-on-one one-on-one with the keeper man that's two nil right there (laughs) holy shit that's it's a different game if he can even just get a shot off like you gotta get a shot off no doubt um but right after the sec- so we barely get into halftime 1-0. Like, they were coming. And Carlos Vela was a freaking beast. This dude was terrifying me. He was scary. He's fast, too. Yeah, he's fast. He's innovative. He was tearing up Sporting KC's defense. Um, he's he's going to have a real shot at yeah, MLS Yeah, these Infantes. So. You get him in the middle of the field, and he's, he's very dangerous. Yeah, he is. Um, but we squeak... By in the first half, get to halftime. We're up one zero. Okay, hey, we're you know make some adjustments. Yeah, that didn't happen. Um, what ninety seconds in zero adjustments to the second half? Uh, Diego Rossi did Zussi dirty. He got him all turned around and then uh, curled a gorgeous oh. shot right into the corner. Nothing really Melia can do there. And suddenly it's one one. And I had a terrible feeling. So I don't know about you. I was filling up my water bottle. And I come back and I'm like, what? What did I miss? What happened? I, I it's been like 60 seconds. Yeah, yeah. Zusi. It was very, very unreal. Zusi did not have a good game. This game. Um, 
It didn't seem like it. I know it's a team sport, and to even put Zussi in that position is some is it could be anyone else's fault. But the fact that he's the last guy that gets burned, it just makes him look bad. But I, I don't think they'll put it on him at all. I mean, they all know they need to do better. Yeah, no, I, I mean, look, Zussi probably would say, "Hey, I got to do better," but then everybody else would say that they each individually have to do better, and that it's a team sport. Like any time I've asked. Yeah, uh, especially Tim Melia. If you ask him, like, hey, it looked like the, the, the defense team. was struggling a little bit, he'll be like, nope, nope, it was on me. I should have gotten there. It's all my fault. Like, he, it is all mm-hmm. – he does not let the blame fall on any one person except for himself. Um, he will never blame anyone else. So, um, What if Tim is secretly a dick and <laughs> he, he goes home and he's just – he's laying in bed with his wife – probably sleeps in a t-shirt i imagine he's a t-shirt sleeper and he's like babe fucking fucking zussi man <laughs> fucking zussi just did he did he did it twice goddamn zussi's fault man and she's like i know babe zussi's an asshole and he's like i know <laughs> i guess i wonder if any guy is like that like just goes home and kind of bitches about it because we're, we're we all have that nature in us we've all come home and like blamed somebody else for something happening yeah. i mean how how team oriented can these guys be? I just I just kind of wonder about that. Yeah, hey, that's a good question. I, you know, I fucking Zeusy, babe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say, if 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 Tim was like that, it would be about the most shocking thing I've ever seen because he has always been the absolute nicest person. Uh, he's also kind of superstitious. Like when they do like the team dress up days, he he still wears yeah. a suit. He's got to wear a suit. So. That's true. And you know, he's got got kids now, so like. They'd probably repeat anything he said, so the daughter's like, fucking Zussie. <laughs> <laughs> they come in to the, to the practice facility. She just walks up, and she's cursing Zussie out. Absolutely. Uh, you, need to be, you need to be better, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, he's uh, my favorite player on the team. He's a workhorse, so we, it's tough to blame just him. So after that goal was scored, though, like I didn't think that we looked like we were going to be that threatening for the rest of the game, and I just had a feeling that it was probably a matter of time until – they scored another goal. Is, is oh, that kind of yeah. what you thought? They were coming. Yeah, dude. I was just like, it's inevitable. Something crazy is going to happen. Yeah, they almost got a goal. Just ten. Like we needed another goal. We, we didn't need to be satisfied with one one. We needed another goal. Absolutely. And we weren't trying hard. They almost scored again ten minutes later after their first goal on a set piece. Someone uh, got ahead to a, a Lee Win corner kick, and Melia somehow stopped that one, kind of point blank. Um, I don't think I'm a fan of Lee Wynn. I don't. I don't think I like him. Really? Why? I don't know. Maybe it's just his his headband, or maybe it's uh, maybe it's his face, and he looks mad. All I don't know. I don't know. I don't like him. Okay. Well, he's he's a good player. He's uh, he he can whip a corner kick in like nobody's business. Um, and he does do that. But he he looks like kind of a whiner. I feel like maybe he whines a little bit. Well, you know, he he was he was trapped under Brad Friedel's uh, dictatorship regime in New England for for a while, so he's That's probably true. just happy to get out of there. Um, well, yeah, because it's warm in L.A. and it's uh, cold in New England, so yeah, I'd be happy too. And I don't think Bob Bradley makes his players fight each other in the locker room either. So, um, oh my God, to the <laughs> death! Uh, but yeah, so I mean, they kept coming, they kept getting close, and we kept just barely squeaking by. And then, as you mentioned, 84th minute, Roger decided that Mark Anthony Kai didn't need legs anymore. Um, 
and just oh my god took him he out was just like i'm tired <laughs> yeah just came up from behind and just kicked him in the back of the legs and robert sabiga yeah, was like that's a no-brainer yeah, that's that's your second yellow that's a red card um i was like sabiga will you just keep the yellow in your hand because like you're putting it in your pocket. You're getting it back out. It's a whole thing. Just keep it in your hand. We got more coming, all right? Don't you worry about us. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you this, because I thought that, you know, Seth got on a yellow early. Roger got on his yellow. Everyone was on a yellow. Yeah. Do you think... Everybody gets a yellow. Do you think the Fontas injury and having to bring in uh, Barath messed with Peter's substitution patterns? Because I kind of wonder if Roger would have, yes. like knowing Roger and knowing the type of player he is, I wonder if Peter would have taken him off had he had that sub that he had to use on uh, Fontas. Right. I think he would have taken him off and put on Kellen Rowe for Roger, knowing that he's about to get a red. Like, come on, he knows Roger. He's been working with him for years. He knows a red card is inevitable. Like, that's on Peter right there, dude. You know your boy. So you put on Kellen Rowe there. And Baroth, I probably a really good player, but didn't get a lot of time to shine at all and probably hasn't gotten first-team minutes. So this is a weird position to put him in because you don't substitute center backs. Center backs can go the whole game yeah. uh, for the most part. Yeah. So he'll probably have to start in Panama because Fontas, as the, inj- yeah. the injury looked pretty bad at first. Like it was non-contact. He kind of pulled up. I thought, oh, well, shoot, he just blew a hamstring. Like that might be a multi-week injury. Yeah. Sam McDowell says it's a hit pointer and that he's going to rehab and try to be back for Philly. So, um, that's interesting to me. Yeah. He, he came back to Kansas city, they said. So he's, yeah. so he'll be ready for Sunday apparently. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a hell of a lot better news than I was expecting. Um, because it, that's true. Yeah. You were expecting like torn meniscus or something. Well, just like when you pull up and you kind of gr- like non-contact, you either, yeah, you either, tore some ligament or you blew your hamstring and that's not a, a short or recovery. ACL, dude. Yeah. It's, it's, it's ACL happens on that. It's not good. So all things considered, that's better, but Barat's going to have to start. Maybe it's just a contusion. Yeah. Could be. Um, Barat's going to have to start in CCL. Roger couldn't get subbed out. And then we all know what happened after that. 90 freaking fourth minute, like 20 seconds away from, uh, the game being over, Diamande um, just fires a freaking rocket right at Melia, and I don't think Melia could react in that time. Was insane. And that's the game. We lose two one. No way. So Melia is going to wish he had that one back, like just a split second to to react. But it that was a hell of a goal, man. I mean, that that's one of those goals where you're like, well, he cut in on Zusi again, kind of broke his ankles. So yeah, you got to force him to the outside. You can't let him cut in like that. That's just a no brainer, right? I mean, it's yeah. like basketball, dude. It's a basketball – it's a system just like basketball. You don't let him take the lane. Force him to the baseline. Yeah, you gave him his favorite foot, um, eight yards out from the goal line, nothing in front of him. Like, we know he can score. So, yeah. that that. See, he, sometimes Zussi does that stuff where I'm like, that's a midfielder playing a defender role. And other times I'm like, that's my right back right there. The dude is good. Yeah, I'm not sure what the deal was. I don't know if he was just tired or what, but he did not. I mean, no one really had a great game, but he didn't have a good game. Um, Dude, everyone had to be tired, even off a plane. Like, don't you ever get off a plane and you're like, hmm, my legs kind of hurt. I could probably use a nap. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, this is an interesting quote because Peter was asked after the game, hey, was this just fatigue? Like, what's going on? And he said, 
I don't think yeah. today's result had anything to do with fatigue or anything like that. No, not at all. I think they're Bull. a good team. Give them credit for that. So, Bull, dude, because right before that, he was like, you know, roster rotation's fine. I start, I fielded a first-team lineup on uh, on Wednesday or whatever it was because they had a week to rest. That's a typical week. Uh, uh, so, or was it? Th- it was Thursday. So then, three days later, you know what? That that's not a typical week to just have three days of rest with travel on top of it. So, what's your excuse there? I mean, I would get it if you rest those guys and then play them in Panama next week. It's weird, man. It feels like he contradicts himself sometimes. And hell, he knows a lot more than I do, so I I won't uh, ever say that I could do it better. But it, it's definitely questionable. Yeah, it's easy to sort of play the hindsight 2020 card and look at that and be like, well, of course, why didn't you rotate it? Um, but And if they weren't 100%, they would tell him too. Like, I think he's pretty open with the players. And if Beasler's like, yo, I can't go for 90 tonight. I really kind of have a, a tight hamstring going on. But also, I think these guys want to play and earn their money. So is there some stubbornness to that? Like maybe they say they're ready to go, but they, they really could use some rest. Yeah, I don't I mean I don't think there's ever really a player who's going to be like, "Hey, take me out. I don't want to play. I'm tired." Um pl- Oh, that's true. Yeah, they just don't do Bro, that. Bro, in high school, I was in a car wreck the day I had a basketball game, and I played in the basketball game later. And the coach after the game is like, "Hey, my dad, your dad told me about the wreck you were in this morning. What if you would have told me, I wouldn't let you play." And I was like, "That's why I didn't tell you." <laughs> Jeez. Like I I'm fine. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I don't I don't blame Peter or the players really. I don't blame the players. I should say for not saying, "Hey, I'm tired. Take me out." I I mean, hopefully that's where it t- it's it's Peter and the team's training staff to to monitor and know. Okay, when when do we need to take them out? When are they too tired? Because um, because yeah. they talk about how they sort of just lost intensity and lapsed in concentration at the end of the game. That's all part of fatigue. Like you get physically tired, it also makes you mentally tired. Um, so. I think they're all tied together. True. But this is an interesting quote. He said after the game, um, Peter said, you know, where we're going to have to start monitoring the lineup really closely and probably rotating it is Wednesday and Sunday. Um, So he's, I guess we'll see kind of saying, you know, there might be some rotation. He also said, you know, when I'm making the lineup, I look at three things, climate, travel and congestion of schedule. The first two games against Toluca were a week apart, so that's a normal week for any team. You prepare, you play the game, you recover. Um, so he was—he, I guess, was thinking, "Hey, mm-hmm. it wasn't actually that bad of a schedule so far." Um, but yeah, now we'll probably—he says—see some rotation come Wednesday and Sunday. So we'll see. Well. Here's the good thing. I don't ever put a lot of stock into the power rankings, but I do like looking at them every time they're released on Tuesday. Now, LAFC climbed from number four up to number two. Okay. Okay. Now, we only dropped from number three to number five. And, uh, you know, they said LAFC took the points in a tight game that seemed destined for a draw. One big takeaway is that vintage Christian Namath is back, and that's very good news for Sporting's attack. So, I mean... Atlanta dropped from number one to number six, for God's sake. So for us to drop two spots and be one ahead of Atlanta, I think that's pretty cool, man. I don't know who really makes these power rankings, but, uh, you know, we're not out of it by any means. No. Like, we're not – this isn't cause for alarm. We lost at a very good LAFC side. Yeah. So Yeah, everybody take a deep breath. Like, do you remember the first game of the year last year at Children's Mercy Park against NYCFC? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think Ilya said that in an interview. He's like, last year, our first game, we lost 2-0 at home and finished first in our conference. So we'll be okay. We just need to uh, rehab, refresh, and and bounce back at home on Sunday. Yeah, and and it's not like, you know, that performance happened against San Jose, who I think might be the worst team in the league. Like, that, these are probably, uh, these are saying. arguably the two best teams in the West. The only other one who really might have any sort of contention there is, is probably Seattle. So, um all I got to say is way to go MLS scheduler because that's a damn good first week matchup right there. That was, it was an enjoyable game to watch. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, both games on Sunday, even for neutrals both games on Sunday were, were great for national TV. And and we'll, we'll talk about that all here in just a second. Um, I just mm-hmm. didn't want to note that apparently this loss was Peter Vermees hundredth league loss as coach of uh, sporting KC. Oh, wow. So, um, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Matt Beasler also made his uh, 300th start uh, in all competitions for the club against LAFC. So a couple little milestones, one good, one bad. But, hey, um, around the league as we wind down here. Um, yeah, quick roundup here. Toronto bounced back and beat Philadelphia Union. Michael Bradley, golden boot contender? What do you think? Yes. <laughs> and... I mean, he looked good. He looked good. And that that was on Philly soil. So, I mean, you know, they're going to be hungry to come get some points against Sporting um, after losing at home, for God's sake. So that's uh, that's big time for Toronto, though, bouncing back after that big CCL flop. Yeah, yeah, good for that. I think Toronto, I don't think they're going to contend in the East. But, I mean, they just signed a new DP this week. Um, they could – I think they could – compete for sort of that fifth sixth spot in the east and make the playoffs so i don't know we'll see yeah i think so um a few few draws on the day too man um i think orlando nyc was kind of a back and forth deal you didn't know who was gonna take that game and no one yeah new york city went up 2-0 and you're like oh same old orlando and then for some reason after they didn't start any of their good players they decided hey maybe we should bring on our good players and uh orlando bounced back and nani assisted Dom Dwyer on a goal, which is not a sentence I ever thought I would say in my life. Um, It's pretty epic. That's pretty epic. But, yeah, the crew drew with the Red Bulls. Dallas drew with New England. The Timbers blew a lead against Colorado in, uh, what do they call it, the snow? 3-3, dude. Snow classic six goals in Snowmageddon. Um, Yeah. Did you see how snowy it was on that field? I didn't see it at all. No, that was uh Saturday was a big day for me to get get things moved around. It was an orange ball game. There was so much snow on that field. It was really cool looking. I mean, I don't want to play in it, but it, they said it was cold as shit. Like Benny Failhopper was like, "Um, I don't like this. I'm from <laughs> California. <laughs> Coldest MLS game in history is what I read." So, there you go. That's pretty crazy. Um the Dynamo drew with Salt Climate Lake. Change. Um, Minnesota United came out and, got and, it done. and won their, their first game. So, yep. Good for them. Um, and then obviously galaxy came back on a little victory. So the galaxy, they finally resolved their DP situation. They eventually bought out Gio dos Santos's contract at the last second. Um, feels like that was really the only option they had, right? Without breaking MLS rules. 
Probably, yeah. And and I think a lot of us actually thought that they were going to figure out a way to break them anyway, and the league was just going to kind of look the other way because that's what they do for the Galaxy. So, uh, good for them. They did also release their David Beckham statue, which looks more like Josh Brolin as Cable in Deadpool 2, I think. I saw that. That was a good <laughs> comparison, Jimmy. I, I like that. Um, and the Galaxy also, this 16-year-old kid, Efren Alvarez, looks like he might be decent. He assi- he had an assist in his first ever appearance. Um, so, you know, maybe the future is a little what bright. What they're saying. Did you see the... Got to give a shout to the... Uh... Shout, shout to the Cooligans. They did like a little movie poster that said it was like uh, Efren of the Galaxy or something like that, like <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy style. Yeah. It's kind of cool. That's pretty cool. Did you see uh, the, the short video clip that the Galaxy put out where he, Alvarez was getting interviewed and Zlatan walked up to him and said, congrats, and then said, don't say too much, like to the media, just basically told him like, hey, tell a little quick media coaching, don't don't talk too much, and then walked away. thought it was kind of funny. Oh, uh, well, but Zlatan talks way too much, so yeah, he probably doesn't want Alvarez to talk too much, so he can talk more. He just wants more time at the microphone. Yeah, right. Quit taking my media spotlight. <laughs> you know, I scored a I scored a goal too. Did did he score a goal? He did score a goal. Um, okay, because he was <laughs> he was captain of my MLS fantasy team. He did score a goal, and then the Impact beat San Jose two one. FC Cincy. Scored a worldy of a goal to to open the scoring in that game, that their first cool. ever goal, and then they just got smacked. So, yeah, Seattle was like, "Okay, we'll stop playing with you guys." All right, we we you're the new kids, so we were giving you a break. Now we're really gonna pick it up. Yeah, Jordan Morris first start since like August of 2017 because he's been injured. So good for him. A couple of goals, and he played very well. Yeah, yeah, MLS Player of the Week. Um, beat out michael bradley that's cool for him and then that's huge dude that what a comeback what a comeback that'll be yeah i I mean if he doesn't get hurt again i don't like seattle obviously but i'm a fan of jordan morris he's a seems like a good guy and and, you know he's obviously in the national team picture so hopefully um he can stay healthy who gave up a chance to go to europe to stay with his dog and his girlfriend who dumped him later oh sad um something tells me i'm just saying like come on (laughs) do you got to go to europe right Something tells me he'll be able to find uh, another girlfriend at some point soon, if he hasn't already. Um, right. But And then lastly, there was one, like you said, one team in MLS didn't score this week. Only one out of all 24. That team was Atlanta United, and they lost 2-0 to D.C. So 2-0 um, at D.C., man. That's cool. D.C. looks good. D.C. might be one of the top two teams in the East. So That's what people are saying. That's a that's that's exciting team to watch. They haven't been good for a, for a while, so that'll be good for them. Um, Frank DeBoer, the coach of Atlanta, he's been a coach for a number of different clubs over the years. Uh, he got fired at at Crystal Palace after not winning a game there. He was a coach at Inter Milan, but got fired after not winning a game there. The last time a Frank DeBoer coach team won a league game was back in October of 2016. So, it's been a minute since a Frank DeBoer coach team has actually won a league game. So, you know, we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Atlanta will probably win at some point, but he may not be the same quality coach that Tata Martino was. So. Yeah, for real. Um, 
that's pretty much all we got. We we keep getting some more questions, but they're all about roster or, or lineup rotation for uh, for CCL. Um, we just got another one from from yeah. Darren Meeker. Um, Darren. So thank you all for those questions. We talked about it a there's, lot, I guess, based on. There's another one on there. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know if you saw. Uh, do you see Shallowy staying as a sub moving forward, or do you think he'll work his way into the starting lineup? Oh, good. Yeah, I did miss that one. So thank you. Um, I think there's just going to be so much rotation. I don't know if we're going to be able to really tell who's a sub and who's not half the time. Because if mm-hmm. if Peter's really true to his word, Shallowy and Jerso might just basically split games at left wing going forward. So it'll be hard to say. Um, could be. We might see Shallowy in Panama on Wednesday. So maybe uh, maybe Croze on, on Wednesday as well. Could be interesting. Yeah, I do have to say I'm a little surprised that you have your golden boot winner who hasn't even started a single game and we've played three games so far. But, hey, I don't know. He must see something he likes in Gerso right now. So, um, I mean, the speed. I think playing these Mexican teams, uh, you know, Panama teams, I think the speed really comes in handy. So I think that's that's the main thing for us. Yeah, I think you're right. So, but hey, I bet I, if I were a betting man, I'd say we're, we're going to see Shallowy starting on the left wing uh, Wednesday night in Panama. So we'll see. Probably so. That's all we got, man. Sweet, man. We successfully did a, a podcast stuff. across the country. So. Good stuff as always. Hey, that's what we've been doing for the past two years. Yeah, eventually <laughs> we'll actually be able to, to record in the same place. So it'll be cool. That'd be cool. Um. But anyway, guys, thank you so much uh, for for your questions, for the last minute questions that yes. you got in, um, and for listening. Um, make sure you follow us on Twitter at No Other Pod at JCMax03 at Dan Couser. Um, like us on Facebook.com/slash No Other Pod. Send us an email, No Other at Gmail.com, and uh, don't forget those uh, do those five star ratings and reviews. So, but until then, um, we'll be back with you next week, hopefully after a double victory podcast. Um, Hope so. But until then, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. We'll catch y'all later. See ya. Fucking Zeusy, babe. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.